rise once again to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18. Amen. We've been talking about last Wednesday being agents of change or being change agents. Amen. And as we know, we're in the midst of some major changes in the nation and some major changes in the body of Christ. Amen. And we know not all change is good change. Hallelujah. See, change for the sake of change isn't what we want. And that's why it's important for us to add vision to the changes that's taking place. Amen? We need to get from God what we need to do in this coming year and years to be the change agents that he uses in the earth in this day and time. Let me say that one more time. We need to get from God what we need to do in this coming year and years to come to be the change agents that he uses in the earth in this day and time. And like we said last week, God doesn't just sovereignly manifest himself in the majority of what he does in the world. He doesn't just drop a bag of coins on somebody's head out of heaven. Come on, say amen, somebody. No, God uses people. Amen. And the change agent in the earth is the church, the body of Christ. That is the body of Christ in this room. So God's going to use who? I see a couple of y'all. God's going to use who? So instead of change happening to us and us hoping it is a good change, we should proactively be a part of the Lord's purpose in bringing change to pass. Let me say it again. We should proactively be a part of the Lord's purpose in bringing change to pass. That means gaining from God vision, which means revelation, mental insight in the Old Testament. Amen. That's what it means in the Old Testament. It means what? Revelation, mental insight. And we know here in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no, where there is no, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. And we know vision is mental insight. It is a mental understanding or view of what the future holds in store for you. Let me say it again. Vision is mental sight, is mental understanding or view of what the future holds in store for you. And we know vision always has to do with the future. Because you don't need a vision for the past or what's happening in the present. Come on, say amen, somebody. Vision always relates to your future expectation of what God is doing in you and through you. Let me say it again. Vision always relates to your future expectation of what God is doing in you and through you. Somebody say in you and through you. And that's what begins to do what? Form your behavior and your decision-making progress right now in the present. You got it? Now, the second definition for the word vision is revelation. Meaning, it's just not human vision. It's something that has been what? Revealed to you by the Spirit of God. Let me say it again. It's not just human vision. It's something that's been what? Revealed by the Spirit of God. The last part of Proverbs 29, 18 says, But he that keepeth the law... What? 
He that what? Keepeth the law. Happy is he. Any happy people in here? In other words, embracing the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. Embracing the word of God as your standard of living and your standard of behavior is a prerequisite of receiving a revelation of what the Lord has has for you beyond your general will of God. Let me say it again. Embracing the word of God as your standard of living and your standard of behavior, how you act. is a prerequisite of receiving a revelation of what, God, what the Lord has for you beyond the general will of God or what is specific to your life. Amen? And it makes no sense seeking God for this great vision or this great plan he has for you without putting the word of God first place in your life and knowing the necessity of it. Okay, let me say that one more time. It makes no sense seeking God for this great vision or this great plan he has for your life without putting the word of God, what? First place in your life and knowing the necessity of the word of God. You got to have the word. Tell your neighbor, you got to have the word. So vision comes under the new covenant through the ministry of the whole Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 once again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that what? Love him. God love anybody in this room? So who is he talking about? Me. That's you, right? Come on, say, that's me. that's me. See, what's it saying here? It says, but I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. This indicates that what he has prepared for you is far greater than your ability to see, to naturally see or think of. Your natural eye haven't seen, nor ear heard. This is something that has to be revealed. This is something that has to be revealed. Come on, say amen, somebody. So it's not going to come through a respected professor in college. It's not going to come through an aptitude test. It's not going to come from your grandma or your mama. Oh, your daddy, come on, say amen, somebody. It's not going to come any other way except for verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yeah, the what? The deep, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit reveals the things God has prepared for you. Who reveals them? Now, verse 11 through 13 tells us how we can position ourselves or position our life to do what? To pray out the will of God for us to be 
use or to make intercession for others. And it's talking about, verses 11 to 13, talking about praying in the Holy Ghost according to his perfect will for us, then gaining understanding from the Holy Ghost what the, goal, what the Holy Ghost prayer is or the interpretation of that prayer. And as you do that, start praying out the perfect will of God for your life, you begin seeing things that he's prepared for you that you're not going to get anywhere else. Because it's also been prophesied, we talked about this, that this is going to be the greatest year of change that this nation and the body of Christ has ever seen. And it's already taking place, folks. So you need to pray, or we need to pray, about our part. Because you have a part to play. Why? Because we're the change agents in the earth, folks. We're the change agents in this nation. We are the change agents in the Caribbean. Come on, are you with me out here? Why? We are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. That means we are the change agents in the earth. Tell me, I'll say, say, I am a change agent. Now, as we pray about our part in this, in our life, and some in their ministries, about the things we are responsible for, we are responsible for, we are responsible for, we'll start to see those things that I have not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But we know seeing it and implementing it are often two different challenges. The first step in implementation, we talked about this, is writing down what you believe you received from God. Let me say it again. Writing down what you believe you received from God. Why? That's how you get direction and momentum to run with what he has given you. It says write it down and make it plain. And he that read it do what? Runs with the vision. When you write it down, that's how you get what? Direction and momentum to run with what he what? Has given you. Come on, say amen, somebody. You write it down so you can do what? Read it. So you can speak it. Then the Holy Ghost will help you add to it. And it'll become greater or clearer with each passing day. And it'll become more real and more real and more real. And guess what? You'll get to the place that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. Faith comes that this is God-given. And the next thing you know, it will be yours. That's how you move your life into it. Amen. Let me say it again. That's how you what? Move your life into it. So writing it down plays an important place in your life. Somebody say important place in my life. But that's only the first step. This is what you do initially when you believe God's given you something. But there's another thing you do because sometimes, like I said last week, sometimes you have a vision that is so far out there Come on. You just have no idea 
how to make a plan like that go, go anywhere. You don't know what direction to go to. You don't know how to do it. You just said, it's big, but I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. So go to Philippians 3.14. Let's look at the second thing we need to do. And God's going to get some of you plans like that. If you're praying and asking God for plans for your life, he'll give you some plans for you out there. You'll be saying, wow, Lord, wow again, and wow again, and wow again. Then sometimes your head will go tilt. <laughs> what mean of this? <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Let me look at yourself. Me, Lord? You sure you got the right person? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.14. Look what it says here. I press towards the what? I press towards the what? Mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It says mark. It says mark. I press towards the. I press towards the. I press towards the. Well, marks are intermediate goals and objectives that take us towards the high calling of God. Let me say it again. Marks are intermediate goals and objectives that take us towards the high calling of God. See, marks are things you can do, things that you can make a plan for, Come on, things that you're able to do now that will take you in the direction of the high calling that you don't really know how to get to. Come on, are you with me? See, your destiny in God or your high calling is different from everybody else's. So he says here, there's a prize. That goes along with moving your life towards that destiny. Amen. Let me say it again. He says that there's a prize that goes along that, that goes along with moving your life towards that destiny. Go to Hebrews eleven six quickly. We're going back to Philippians three fourteen, but keep a marker there in your Bible. Once again, marks are things you can do, things you can make a plan for, things you're able to do now that will take you in the direction of the high calling that you don't really know how to get to right now. So you have what? Marks, intermediate goals and objectives. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a re, that he is a re. Rewarder of them that what? Diligently what? Seek him. And we know God and his word are one. So seeking to do what his word has revealed to you. Are you listening to me? Seeking to do what his word has revealed to you or what you need to do is going to get you rewarded. Let me say it again. Seeking to do what his word has revealed to you or what you need to do 
is going to get you rewarded. This means you get rewarded as you move your life closer and closer to that high calling. See, what happens is God rewards you along the way just to keep you motivated. Uh, Anybody with me in here? Just to let you know you're going in the right direction. Get you closer to the what? Things that eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor have entered to the heart of man. Go to Philippians 3.14 again. See, we get an understanding of what we're rewarded is by what? Kind of considering the ultimate reward, and that's eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Once again, we get an understanding of what that reward is. By considering the ultimate reward, and that is eternal life. We're talking about Zoe life. Zoe life. Life as God has it. I'm talking about the God kind of life. Anybody want the God kind of life? Philippians 3.14, once again, it says, I press towards the mark. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You can read it as, the closer you get to your high calling. Are you listening to me? The closer you get to your high calling, the higher quality of life you're going to experience. Or the more God kind of life you're going to experience. Let me say it again. The closer you get to your high calling, Calling, come on, the higher quality of life you're going to experience, the more of the God kind of life you're going to experience. We're talking about a pattern of life. As you press towards the mark, as you press towards those intermediate goals or objectives, That will take you towards your high calling. I'm talking about things that you can do. Come on, plans that you can do. Come on, say amen, somebody. What happens is your life will generate a momentum in that direction. And as time passes, the closer you get to the high calling, the more of the God kind of life you're going to experience. This is what this verse is saying, but the key word here is press. Somebody say press. Say, you got to press. The word press, amen, you you just can't just haphazardly do anything. It says press towards the mark. Amen. See, something you can put in place to do, you can press towards the mark. You can put in place to do something like this. See, you may not have an idea how to put in place what that high calling is, but you can move in that direction with an intermediate goal or objective. Intermediate goal or... But part of the press in that intermediate goal or objective is sowing seed. Somebody say sowing seed. 
And see, sometimes we view the press in a natural light, but a big part of the press is spiritual. It's the seed. It's a prayer that waters a seed. It's the word that reinforces a seed. Come on, say amen, somebody. There are a lot of things involved in the press when you're moving towards an objective. Somebody thinks a lot of things involved. And we know the word, we found out last week, the word press actually means to pursue or to pursue hotly. To pursue what? Hotly. That means you're going after something. And you're going after something with everything you know to do. That's hotly. Tell you same number, it's a hotly. A simple definition of the word press is maximum sustainable effort. Maximum sustainable effort. And like we stated, it's easy to make a max effort, max effort for about a minute. Next thing you know, you're taking a break and resting. <laughs> you know, somebody, how you get on a treadmill and go 10 miles an hour and you only went for one minute. <laughs> you act like you die and you ain't been. Look at the time it said 30 seconds. <laughs> and it felt like you ran an hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. See, you can either take, a, you take the max effort for about a minute, then take a break. Or you can make a minimum effort indefinitely. You have, to, you have to find that place where you can sustain an effort. Because that's what commitment is. Let me say it again. You have to find that place where you can sustain an effort. Because that's what a what? Commitment is. And you'll never achieve anything. Anything that you're not committed to. Are you with me out here? So the press should be seen in a natural application and in a what? Spiritual application. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody say pray in the Holy Ghost. He'll show you your part in being a change, what your part in being a change agent means. What change should look like in your life. And see, listen, you can't put a plan in place. You, let, me, let, me, let me reword it here. You can't put a plan in place for whatever he shows you when it comes to the high calling. Are you listening to me out here? But he'll help you see the intermediate goals and objectives that you can do now. Let me say it again. You can't put a plan, put a plan in place whatever he shows you as far as the high calling goes. I'm talking about that big plan. But he will show you what? Intermediate goals and objectives that you can do now. Things that you can press towards. Things you can press towards. Things you can take you that, that will take you towards your what? Take you towards your high calling. You got it? Then once you see these things, then the press is going to be necessary. Why? Because you have a carnal nature. 
Anybody know they have a carnal nature? You got to understand that you have a carnal nature. And just your flesh alone will generate enough resistance that if you don't press, and if you don't make your best effort, then it's not going to be long term and it's not going to last very long. Why? Because that's just the way your flesh is. Your flesh does not want to cooperate with the things that are important to you. Have you found that out yet? Your flesh doesn't want to cooperate. Amen. And so you're going to have to make a kind of, some kind of commitment that's going to enable you to carry you through. Let me say it again. You're going to have to make, a kind, what, make some kind of a commitment that's going to what? Enable you to what? Carry you through. But the biggest challenge we talked about this last week is not going to be your flesh. The biggest challenge is going to be the demonic resistance. The demonic resistance to the plan of God that you're a part of or a piece of. Are you following me out here? And see, that de- listen to me now, that demonic resistance will be there the very moment you begin to move your life towards a God-given goal. Anybody found that out? Amen? Listen, there's no mistake about it. There are demonic assignments against every believer. And we got to be nervous because they're still under our feet. They've already been defeated. But it's only defeated to the extent that you inadvertently cooperate with them, that he can do anything. Amen? But there are assignments against every believer, and you can see it throughout the Word of God. They are designed to what? To thwart the plan of God unfolding in your life. One believer at a time. Go to James 1 2. Because there's, an air passage, there's another passage of scripture here that talks about reaching this high calling of God. And notice what he says here in James chapter 1 verse 2. And we're going to break it down. It says, my brethren, count it all what? Joy. Count it all what? Joy. When you what? Follow the diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith does what? Work of patience. Let patience have her what? Perfect work. That you may be what? Perfect and entire and wanting nothing perfect and entire wanting nothing perfect and entire wanting nothing perfect and entire wanting nothing is the same thing as a high calling it's synonymous with the high calling come on this destiny God has for your life has prepared for you that I have not seen nor ear has heard nor entered into the heart of man when you arrive at that place you'll be perfect and entire wanting nothing perfect means finished done Meaning, 
I've arrived at God's plan for my life. And sometimes that word, it means mature. Come on, are you with me out here? The word entire means whole in every part. Not just whole in your body, but your marriage is falling apart. Not just being whole in your body and your whole relationship, but you, you know, you know, and, and you got a relationship together, you're married together, but you ain't got enough money to buy a little pair of shoes. Definitely you can't do nothing what God called you to do because you ain't got no money. Entire means whole in every part, whole in every aspect of your life. It's all summarized in wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. That means I got everything that I need. And this is where God wants every one of us. Y'all sound so excited. This is where God wants what? Every one of us. But if we're covered up with wants, if we're covered up with unfulfilled desires, if we're so covered and bogged down with needs, how much of your life and energy can be given to doing the big things God wants you to do. And that's where a lot of us are. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, God wants you in a position of wanting nothing, perfect and entire. This is where we want to go. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to be. We know spiritually we're already there. Because that's the real you. Come on, say amen, somebody. The real you is already healed. The real you is already delivered. The real you is already set free. The real you is already prosperous. The key is we just got to get, we got, we got to believe it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And then internalize it to the degree to where we see the natural line up with the spiritual. Come on, are you with me out here? Perfect and entire wanting nothing is the same as a high calling. We are to press towards the mark or the intermediate goals and objectives. But let's look at it closer. Go back to James 1, 2. Look at it closer. Once again, he says in James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all what? Joy. When you fall into what? Diverse temptation. Temptation means test or trials. Now, when you read this, you think, how can I count it joy when things don't look too good right now? Come on, things are falling apart. Children acting up, husband acting up, wife acting up. Come on, finances ain't looking too good. Bill collector's calling. Collectors, collection agencies on my back. IRS calling. <laughs> and you want me to count it all joy? How can I count it all joy when there's a lot of resistance showing up? Circumstantial resistance. What is it doing? Circumstantial resistance, amen, is resisting what you believe. It's resisting what you believe. Amen. It's resisting what you believe you need to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, it's hard to count on all joy, but if you really internalize verse 3, you can count it all joy because you know this. 
that the trying of your faith. Because you know this. Because you know this. Because you know this. Come on. Because you know this what? That the trying of my faith is working something. What's it working? Patience. And understand, this is all about the trying of your faith. And we know who's trying your faith. Or we know who's putting pressure on what you believe. We know it's not God because we know in James 1.13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he what? Any man. So don't let it come out your mouth. That the Lord is behind the temptation. Test the trial. He said, don't even say it. Matter of fact, you lost the battle the moment you begin thinking God is behind these things. You've already lost. So we know who the tempter is. Tell your neighbor, I know who the tempter is. He's the enemy of your soul. And it's all about your faith. Say it again. It's all about your faith. It's all about what you believe. The enemy is circumstantially resisting what you believe. God has spoken to you about your life. Where there's something in the written word, by his stripes you are healed. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and help even as your soul prosper. And all of a sudden you said, I believe that. I believe that. Now the enemy is in the business. This is what he does. He resists the unfolding plan and purpose of God in the earth. That's his job. He knows what his destiny is when the plan of God is manifested. He's also aware that God brings his plan to pass by working with cooperating free moral agents like you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because we know God doesn't impose on anybody. He persuades you through the word of God. He persuades you by the Holy Spirit or the ministry of the Holy Spirit to do what? To gain cooperation from free moral agents to bring his plans to pass. Every one of us has a piece of that plan. So the enemy can resist the plan of God for your life. He sees it as delaying his destiny in the lake of fire. (laughs) And he has the right to do that in this natural world. Because he's the God of this world system. Come on, are you with me out here? He has the authority to what? To manipulate circumstances and people that don't know any better than to cooperate with his influence, help him bring pressure to bear against what you believe in that area. He does what he can to do what? To resist the unplanning plan of God for your life. He does whatever he can to resist the unfolding plan of God in your life. And we know from the word of God, he can't keep it. He can't keep the word from producing fruit. Because Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well doing. In due season, we shall reap. 
if we don't quit. If we don't get faint. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. As long as you don't get weary, your due season will come to pass. And you will reap your harvest as long as you don't get weary. As long as you don't get weary. As long as you don't get weary. Hallelujah. As long as you don't get weary, your due season will pass, come to pass. And you will reap your harvest. So he can, re- he can generate natural circumstances. Or generate natural circum- circumstantial resistance or pressure to the will of God for your life. And this is what he does. That's how he tries your faith. Tell your neighbor, that's how he tries your faith. He knows the word. Probably know the word better than you. He knows he can interfere with the plan of God for your life unless he can't interfere with the plan of God for your life unless he can interfere for what you believe. Let me say it again. He knows he can't interfere with the plan of God for your life unless he can interfere with what you believe. Let me say that one more time. He knows he can't interfere with the plan of God for your life unless he can interfere with what you believe. Jesus says, according to your what? Faith. The devil knows that. Jesus said, what? As according to your faith. The devil knows that. So it goes after what you believe. And the only way he can go after, after what you believe is through contradictory circumstances. That's it. If he can get you to believe something contrary to the word. Say it again. If he can get you to believe something contrary to the word. Because the enemy doesn't know what you're thinking. Well, like we said last week. He listens to what you say. I'm say it again. He listens to what you say. He watches your reactions. He watches the expression on your face because you're talking and you ain't talking. Oh, come on now. Come on, he's watching you. He's watching what you do. And accordingly, as he sees you react, what happens? Accordingly, circumstantial pressure will continue to be applied and he'll turn up the value. Because why? He's going by how you acting. He's going by what you're saying, what you're allowing to come out your mouth. And that old ugly look that you have on your face. He said, I got it right where I want them. Let me turn up the volume. Oh, no, my. See, the target for him is to get you to say. I've been doing this for a year, and it doesn't work. All that stuff, I done, I done tried everything. I done confessed the word, put it on my refrigerator, put it on cards, put it on my iPad, put it on my telephone. I did it all, and I'm still the same. Come on, say amen, somebody. What happens? All that is, if I can get you to say it, he said, I know I got him. Because it's all designed to change what you believe. It's all about the trying of your what? Trying of your what? This is the way we need to understand the daily warfare. Somebody say daily. Daily. 
daily warfare that we're, we're, we're engaged in a daily warfare, folks. This is daily. Tell your neighbor, this is daily. Come on, it's not a cluster of demons we're, we're engaged with that we shoot down in prayer. Warfare on a daily basis has to do with your belief system. He's always challenging what you believe. That's the only way the enemy can thwart the plan of God in your life. He got to get you to change what you believe. He does it by what? Putting pressure on what you believe. Whether it's in your body, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your finances, Whatever you believe is the will of God for your life, that's what he's putting pressure on to change what you believe. He hears what you're believing, so don't just be naive and just think he's going to leave well enough alone. All right, listen to me out here. He'll do whatever he can to generate pressure, but once again, he can't stop the promise. Look at James 1-2 again. He can't stop the promise. That's why James says, my brethren, count it all. Count it all. Joy when you what? Fall in the diverse temptation. Knowing if you don't change what you believe. Knowing that if you don't change in what you believe, but let patience have her perfect work, you may be what? Perfect an entire wanting nothing. Now you can count it all joy. Now you can count it all joy. Now the Greek, the word temptation here is the Greek word parosmos. Parosmos. And it means a putting to proof by experience of adversity. It means a putting to proof by experience of adversity. That's what the enemy is doing. Tell your neighbor, that's what the enemy is doing. Now, the Greek word for adversity is translated affliction, trouble, oppression. If you put the definition in one word, that word would mean pressure. Somebody say pressure. Circumstantial pressure against the trying of your faith or what you believe. Do you hear me? Circumstantial what? Pressure against the trying of your faith or what you what? Believe. This is the essence of our challenge as we press for what we believe. We have chosen to believe, right? Come on, we've chosen to believe. We're confessing. We're talking about it. Come on. We're keeping it in our mouth, posting it on our refrigerator doors. How serious are you about the will of God for your life? How serious are you about the will of God in your life? Are you serious? How, serious? how serious are you about achieving what God called you to do? Well, this is a process to get you here. It's what? Choosing to believe, confessing it, talking about it, keeping it in our mouth, posting it wherever we go. This is the what? Process. But you need to know what's happening. Why? Because the pressure will come. The pressure will what? Come. But it says count it all joy. 
Why? Because you don't have to do anything because why? The grace of God will carry you through to what God has called you to do if you don't quit. If you don't get weary. Come on. If you don't get faint. It doesn't matter about your personal capabilities. doesn't matter the level of your education. doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter if you will not quit believing what you believe. You will be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. All you got to do is not quit. Verse 4, but let patience have her what? Have her what? Perfect work that you may be what? Perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Now the word patient comes into play. Oh, boy. The word patience comes into play. The word patient in the Greek is hupmone, and it means and it means cheerfully endure. Cheerfully endure. Everybody smile. <laughs> it means cheerfully endure. Endure what? Endure the circumstantial contradiction to what you believe. He says endure it. And do it cheerfully. Endure it. And do it. And do it. And do it. Cheerfully. Because why? The joy of the Lord is supposed to be your to endure it. The joy of the Lord is supposed to be your to endure it. If you're trying to endure it without being very cheerful about this thing. Oh, Lord. That means you haven't looked at the end of your faith. Let me say it again. If you're trying to endure it without being very cheerful about what you're going through, that means you haven't looked at the end of your faith. You're not utterly convinced that you're going to get there perfect and tired and wanting nothing. So what happens? So you listen to those voices that say, yeah, but if. But if the money doesn't come in. But if they say no. What if they turn me down? What if it doesn't work? Or you say, I'm just going to have to guess. I'm just going to have to endure. But you won't be able to endure cheerfully. If you give those voices place in your head. Oh, come on. And what happened, fear will begin to rise. Come on, I'm not talking to anybody in this room. What I'm going to do, what am I going to do, what I'm going to do. You won't endure. Tell never, you won't endure. You won't even have the strength to endure. You and you will eventually quit. So patience it's cheerful endurance. Cheerful endurance. Cheerful. 
smile, everybody. Let me see the teeth. Come on, teeth. Come on, quicker. Let me see the smile. Here we go. Here we go. Can't see your eye, but at least see your teeth. <laughs> so patience is what? Cheer for what? Now, if I see you mad, sad, and disgusted, what's that mean? It means you haven't seen the end of your faith. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Come on. That means you what? You haven't seen in the face, and you're not utterly convinced that you're going to get there perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Because if I'm convinced that I'm going to get there entire, perfect, entire, wanting nothing, look, at, I ain't looking at what I'm facing right now. I'm looking at the end results. That's where my attention is. <clears throat> That's what keeps me motivated. Come on, say amen, somebody. So I got to be what? Cheer for what? Cheer for what? Cheer for what? Okay. Holy Ghost will be watching y'all tomorrow. Bye, <laughs> you later. No, when you leave out this door. Now, another definition for patience is constancy or steadfastness. The key to success is to, const- is to constant and steadfast in doing. To be constant, steadfast in doing. To be constant, steadfast in doing. That's the key to success. Constant and steadfast in your belief. And you can't just stop there because what produces faith? Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 10, 5. So another word for patience is constancy and steadfastness. The key to success is constant and steadfast in doing, constant and steadfast in your belief. But once again, you can't stop there. Faith comes by hearing by the word of God. And 2 Corinthians 10, 5 tells us casting down what? Imagination what? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every what? Sought to the what? Obedience of Christ. You have to cast down vain imaginations, folks. Why? It's those vain imaginations what the enemy uses to oppose what God has said. You have to bring your words also into conformity. Watch what you say. You got to bring your words in conformity to the word of God and speak in the word anything that contributes to your faith. Come on. Your confession of the word, whether it's the written word or the spoken word, words the Holy Ghost has spoken to you about the plans for your life, keep those words in your mouth because why? It reinforces your faith. Every time you hear yourself, you're reinforcing your faith. That's the word of why the word of God says in Hebrews 4.14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us what? Let us what? Let us what? Our what? 
profession, which is our confession. Why? Because your confession is framing the world you step in tomorrow. Say it again. Your confession is framing, framing the world that you step into tomorrow. Do you hear me? Go back to 2 Corinthians 10, 10, 5. It said, casting down imaginations. Casting down what? And every high thing that what? Exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into what? Captivity every thought to the what? Beating Christ. You have to cast down every vain imagination. Every time a thought comes through your mind that's contrary to what the word of God says, you got to cast it down. Now, Papa Hagen used to say, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. But you don't have to let them make a nest in your head. (laughs) See, you're not missing the ball spiritually by having wrong thoughts. Because thoughts are going to come. Come on, say amen, somebody. But just like the birds, don't let them fester. You don't let them take hold and make a nest. You cast down vain imaginations. Bring every thought. Because some of them, you have a lot of them. Bring every. What's left after every? Bring every. Don't even let not one itsy-bitsy one get through. Bring every thought to the what? Captive to the obedience of Christ. This is, listen, this is what you have to be consistent in and constant in. Consistent and constant in this. Why? This is a daily fight. Go back to James 1.4. James 1.4, so once again, says, let us, but let patience have her what? Let patience have her what? Perfect work, meaning you being consistent and constant and managing your thought life. Let me say that again. Let patience have her perfect work. Meaning you being consistent and constant and managing your thought life. Consistent and constant and speaking the word. Consistent and constant and hearing the word. When you do, what happens? Your faith will remain strong. You will be able to cheerfully and joyfully endure and you'll come out on the other end Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. This is where we need to be. This is how we need to understand the daily challenges that we face. Because we all face daily challenges. But this is how you move your life towards these things. God has shown you that eye has not seen nor ears heard. Not, not has entered into the heart of a man. It's how you establish intermediate objectives that you can press towards. Amen. Amen. 
This is another view of what the press is. It's understanding the resistance you're going to get spiritually. Listen to that. Understanding the resistance you're going to get spiritually and then not yielding, not quitting, and not caving in. I don't care what happens. You can count it all joy. Why? Because you know the end of the story if you don't quit. Same as somebody. And there isn't a time limit. It's not, I've been believing for 10 years and ain't nothing happened. There's no time limit. The only question is, are you going to quit? Or are you going to be cheer? Or are you going to cheerfully endure? Because if you cheerfully endure, it's just a matter of time till you see yourself perfect and tired and wanting nothing. In order for us to be the change agents that God wants us to be, it starts with us making changes in our own lives. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Cheerfully enduring. Letting the joy of the Lord be our strength. Counting everything as joy. If you do that, the devil will eventually leave you alone. So I can't, I've done everything. They still smiling. What's wrong with this picture? They still cheerful. Laughing and joking and Google and giggling. And I thrown the kitchen sink at them. What meaneth this? Because you're standing on the word. The word said, count it all joy. The word says what? Count it all joy when you're going through the pressures that he's trying to throw on you. Hallelujah. Because why? Patience is working something. Your patience is working something. That cheerful endurance is working something. It's getting you to the place where you're entire, perfect, and wanting nothing. And you can then really count it all joy. Because you have everything that you need and everything that you ever wanted. Everything you ever dreamed of. Everything you ever envisioned in your life. Every plan and purpose God had for your life. Hallelujah. 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 Slip your hands again.